0: Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you.
1: Hi, my name's Lucy Whiteman. Uh, many people will know me, but if you don't, I am married to Chris. Um, we have two small boys and we've been coming to Centrepoint wow, for about nearly nine years. Um so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my journey of finding hope. Um it started back when I was living in London. Um I was in a pretty bad place, pretty dark place. Um I moved to North London with my then boyfriend. Um we'd moved from Newcastle after I'd just finished my PhD. Um to be honest, at that time I wanted out. Um but he sort of followed me, and there were lots of circumstances around that, but it wasn't a healthy relationship. Um, In fact, I guess you you would call it now coercive control, but we didn't really have a name for it back then. I just knew that I felt felt trapped. Um, I'd lost contact with most of my friends, and I remember saying to a friend that I was allowed to see, I I used to be fun, you know? I just felt so empty inside. we were living in a flat um I was working for the fir- for the first six months of that in a job they hated at Great Ormond street Hospital um supporting both of us whilst he st- studied for a master's and it was horrible we um We both drank far too much. I did it to survive um and we had the most blazing rows. I remember one night I was looking at my phone and he suddenly got up and went to the kitchen. Um, I thought he'd seen something he didn't like on my screen and that he'd got up to get a knife and was going to come back and he was going to kill me. Um, I used to fantasise a lot about running away, just disappearing into thin air, um, without a trace, just disappearing, being someone new I guess, um, or disappearing from this world altogether. Um, But fortunately we had a mutual friend um, who'd gone to teach teach uh, English in Kenya um, and she came to stay with us one of her holidays when she was back in the UK and amazingly she'd met a Christian guy out there who'd started um, helping her search for her journey of hope. Um, she was listening to worship music and seemed to have a happiness and peace that I had almost forgotten was possible. Um, when she came home six months later she started attending HTB and she invited us to come on an alpha course and um, I had grown up in an Anglican home, um, sort of going to church but with no real sense of the Holy Spirit um, and fell away quite quickly when I went to university. But I was keen to go, I persuaded him thinking this could fix a lot of his brokenness, um, but it ended up fixing mine. Finding the true love of Christ and understanding um, what it meant to be a child of God absolutely saved my life. Over the course of the next few months, um, the mentor of the Holy Spirit um, called me home. He gently, lovingly whispered to my heart and reassured me of who I really was. I was loved, I was treasured and I was forgiven. And he gave me a hope for a future, one of adventure and of love and of him by my side. Um, of hope of a future, um, of meeting Chris and having our lovely boys. Um, I know, now know that he is always for me. Despite the challenges that have come my way, our way since, um, his timing is perfect. Um, and I have so many examples of how he has abundantly blessed my life. Um, come chat to me about how um, an angel left a sewing machine on my doorstep um, once we can meet in person. Um, Word of warning, um, you will find me in floods of tears always during worship songs about grace. Um, I was saved, I was called home and God's grace and love and hope changed and saved me and I found hope in Jesus. Have you found hope yet?
2: Good morning Hope Church. My name is John and today I'll be continuing in our series on Hope Matters. During the series we've been looking at the life of Jesus and how he brought hope to those around him. We've seen already that Jesus came to help people where they needed help the most. He often found himself in situations or speaking to people that was countercultural, and today's encounter is certainly no different. First, I just want to say thank you so much to Lucy for sharing your story. It's such a powerful story and such a wonderful way of God showing his commitment and love towards you. It's so helpful to hear someone share their story. I love going to baptisms and hearing people's testimonies of how God has changed their life and impacted them and how they've met with him and how he has Uh, overcome some of their difficulties and things that they've been going through. It's just so uh, good to hear that from other people. And we ourselves have our own story. Each day we're adding to that story. The decisions we make and the experiences that we have shape our story along the way. And throughout his ministry, Jesus often used stories. He spoke in parables. He told stories that helped people to uh, make uh, the point that he was trying to make. Um, And it was just a way that at the time, culturally, it was easier for people to relate to stories. And I think today we're still the same. I think sometimes we can hear preachers and actually we can hold on to the stories or the personal uh, moments that, that the preacher talks about because it's something that we can we can sort of tangibly hold on to. And then that helps us to remember the points that they were trying to make. Sam last week shared the story of the friends that lowered uh, their friend on the map through the roof so that he could be in front of Jesus. And if you remember, Jesus did a remarkable thing, as Sam said, that he he, he said to uh, the, the man on the mat, he said, your sins are forgiven. He didn't start with the obvious need of his paralysis. He started with his, which was his practical need. Today, we're looking at an example of Jesus meeting someone's practical need and in turn displaying wonderfully a picture of what he has done for each of us on the cross. We have seen that he was not afraid to stand out and to stand up for those around him and was not looking for the spotlight and often he would be withdrawing from the crowds. We're gonna read now our passage Uh, from Luke. So if you could turn to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 12 to 16. Mm. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean and immediately the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them but now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. I think that's a really good place to uh, to pray uh, before we uh, go further into the scripture. Father, I just want to thank you so much that you are here with us this morning. Lord, I thank you for this series where we've been looking at your encounters with people in the Bible. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us today. Lord, that you would instill this message into our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would... Um, take away anything, uh, Lord, from this message that's of of my thoughts. But Lord, I pray that you would bring through uh, the things that you want to bring through. And I pray for each of us, Lord, as we listen to this message and we read this passage, Father, that we would learn something new about your love for us, uh, your acceptance of us. And Lord, I just ask that you, uh, by your spirit, would just pour that uh, message out into our hearts today. And Lord, that each of us would go away uh, changed, renewed, restored, re-energise and more and more in love with you. Amen. Amen. So leprosy as we can see, uh, uh, sorry, as as seen as something that was um, an ancient illness, something that perhaps was only back in the biblical times or or from the past, but it's still present today. And um, before I get into the passage a bit more, I wanted to play a short video Uh, which is from the Leprosy Mission, uh, and they are tackling and dealing with leprosy still today. And we're going to hear from uh, Arshad's story.
0: Hi there. I wonder if I can have two minutes of your busy day today for my friend Arshad. Arshad has leprosy. That's right. Today, Arshad is living with leprosy. In fact, he's one of more than 200,000 people who are newly diagnosed each year. Arshad is feeling full of shame and sad because people in his community believe he is contagious and that he is cursed. And worse, he's feeling worthless because most people in the world believe that leprosy hasn't existed since ancient times. Arshad would like you to know more about his disease. Leprosy is a mildly infectious condition caused by a bacteria related to tuberculosis. 95% of us are naturally immune to it, but it's more common in countries where poverty is rife and people's immune systems are not strong. If left untreated, leprosy causes damage to large nerves in the hands and feet, so the patient simply doesn't feel it when they hurt themselves. These wounds, and the ulcers they often cause, can ultimately lead to permanent disability, amputation, and despair. Leprosy is also one of the world's most stigmatizing diseases. Whole families see their education, job, and marriage prospects affected by discrimination and misunderstanding, often being denied their basic human rights. Even if aware that they have leprosy, patients fear being diagnosed, so fail to seek treatment, perpetuating a vicious cycle of disease, disability, and discrimination. Three million people in the world are living with irreversible disabilities caused by late treatment of leprosy, but since 1982, an effective cure has been available. None of this has to happen. Arshad has been receiving support from the leprosy mission for a while now. We're a global charity working to diagnose, treat and rehabilitate those who are suffering from this dreadful disease. After medication cured Arshad of leprosy, surgery helped him to use his hands and feet again. Now he's studying at one of our training centres so he can get a job and sustain himself. And thanks to awareness raising in his community, people now know that those affected by leprosy should not be outcasts and have the same rights as anyone else. We don't just help cure leprosy. Our hope is for more people to be educated about the disease. Since you've started watching this film, somewhere in the world, someone has been diagnosed with leprosy. Show your support by sharing this video. We can't turn back the clock But we can stop it ticking on this silently destructive disease. Thanks for watching.
2: Hearing his story helps us to understand a bit about the impact leprosy has on someone's life. At the start, Arshad is feeling full of shame. He's feeling sad and worthless. But by the end, he's no longer an outcast and he is back in the community with the same rights and opportunities as anyone else. So this morning, I want to ask you three questions. Are you lonely? What's keeping you on the outside? And do you know that you need to be made clean? So question one, are you lonely? Leprosy was a condition that ostracised you from the community and some believed it was a curse. You can read in Leviticus how Moses spoke to the people of Israel about all the laws for the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And there were two chapters devoted to leprosy. And we can read in chapter 13, verse 45 to 46. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean, he shall remain unclean. As long as he has the disease, he is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. I mean, I don't know when you uh, sort of listen to that. I don't know for for me, the first, when I first read it, I was uh, had an image of a, a sort of a, a, t- a phase that teenagers go through. Um, you know, the long unkept hair and ripped clothing, uh, or perhaps though at the moment, maybe they generally say something like, "Oh, it's so unfair," or. You know, it's always me. Uh, And uh, perhaps you can resonate with that uh, from your past. But um, but rather than that, that they uh, they were told to say unclean. And can you imagine, can you imagine as people walk past you, you, you're already dealing with this difficult situation. And yet as people walk past you, you were commanded to say unclean, unclean, keep away is what you're saying. Keep away from me. So they knew, so people would know to avoid you and they would know that, um, that you had something that they, they didn't want and they didn't want to come close to you. And clearly, at the moment, the current pandemic for the majority of us does not have the same effect as leprosy. So I'm not trying to say that, that having leprosy or the current situation with COVID is the same. But perhaps there has never been a better time for us to understand in some part, the emotion that this would cause. Picture the scene, people crossing the road as you walk towards them, um, so they're not within two meters of you, uh, or is it now one meter plus? Uh, People um, putting on a face mask as they enter inside to stop them catching anything that you might have, or perhaps um, uh, for you to be wearing it so that you're not passing anything on. Not being able to hug anyone outside of your household or your bubble We've probably also heard of some comical stories of people jumping into bushes or doubling back as you're walking towards them, and Although they have a sort of comical edge to them uh, there's there's obviously a deeper meaning behind that, which is people are just worried and they're afraid um, and uh, and and that would is what a small way that's what it would have been like for the life of a leper as people would be walking towards you. They would be jumping out of the way, or they would be walking across the other side or hearing you saying, unclean, unclean, and they would be avoiding you. And being out of the community would have been a lonely, a difficult place. Your only friends would have been others in the same situation, and that would have been uh, just sort of a spiral that would just sort of bring you down. The condition also takes away your self-esteem as you gradually see your body deteriorate you start to lose the feeling in your hands and your feet. And one article I read said that you can get damage in the muscles in your face and in your eyelids, so they stop working. And that means that you can't blink. And then because of that, that means your eyes dry out and it can cause blindness. I mean, the effects of leprosy, they just build and build over time and gradually get worse and worse and worse. And it can be a little bit like that with loneliness, can't it? That we c- it can start slowly and we can feel maybe a bit isolated. We can maybe feel a little bit on the edge of things. Maybe you start to get less invites or perhaps you're getting less likes on your Facebook or Instagram. Uh, maybe you're noticing that other people are doing more and more things that you haven't been involved in. Perhaps you start to think that maybe... This is normal, maybe maybe that's okay. And slowly, slowly, you feel further and further away from the community. And that must be so hard to see for a leprous person that, that day by day that your body is getting weaker and weaker and things you used to be able to do, you can no longer do. The community getting further and further away and knowing there's a good chance that perhaps you may never recover you would be starved of human interaction and probably longing for a hug or perhaps even a reassuring pat on the shoulder as, as us men like to call a, a man hug or, you know, a sort of that, you know, or, you know, but, uh, but you would be starved of that and you would be thinking, oh, I could just long for a hug or some kind of interaction with somebody else. Your hope would be fading Any hope of returning to the community would be diminishing and you would be resigned to being alone outside of the town, an outcast with no hope of a life restored. Perhaps you are currently feeling alone and maybe you've been self-isolating on your own or you've been shielding or during this time of lockdown, you've been on your own quite a lot of time But like Lucy's story, maybe you've had people around you, but yet you still feel isolated and alone in your situation. You might be watching today and thinking, this is me currently. You may even be feeling that the church has been taken away. And due to not meeting in person and only being able to meet online at the moment, perhaps you felt that that's something that's also been taken away and and that's something that you've, you've obviously found hard. Can I encourage you to talk to someone about it, to contact the church? We are still a community. We are still here for you. So please don't sort of sit there in, in loneliness or isolation thinking that you're on your own. You're not. You're part of the church family. You can be part of the church family and we would love to get alongside you. So please do um, contact the church. Use the contact us page on the website. Speak to your life group leader if you're part of a life group. If you're not part of a life group, can I encourage you to become part of a life group? And all the information is on the website for that. God did not intend for us, for you to be lonely. He wanted to have a relationship with us and he wanted the church to be a community together. And Hope Church Guildford is certainly that. We are a community together on a mission in Guildford. And we're part of a wider community in commission and a wider community in the church as a whole. Please don't feel on your own and do come and speak to us. So my second question that I posed at the beginning is what's keeping you on the outside? For the leper, it was clear from uh, what was keeping him on the outside and separated from his community. It was uh, obviously the leprosy that he had, and it was scripture and the rules and the commandments at the time that meant that he had to be outside of the community. And the scripture says that he was full of leprosy. So he was in an advanced stage of leprosy. So he may have been outside of the community for some time. But that's clearly not the case for all of us Uh, for most of us that's not the reason that perhaps we might feel on the outside for each of us there'll be something that perhaps makes us feel isolated or alone that makes us feel not maybe part of what's going on or left out perhaps for you it's your friendship groups you have friends that you hang out with but maybe you just constantly feel on the edge of things or you feel like you're always the one doing the inviting. Maybe it's your social status. Maybe you feel that if you lived in a different part of town, if you owned a house, or if you had a better paid job, perhaps it's that that makes you feel like you're on the outside. And maybe you feel that if you had some of those things, maybe you feel more included. Maybe for you, it's your gender or the or your education or the colour of your skin, a passing comment, or continued putting down from somebody else. These can lead to certain people, uh, lead us to avoiding certain groups of people or situations so that we're not exposed anymore uh, to to that constant putting down. For others, perhaps it's our thoughts, the silent internal voice that tells us that we're not good enough. We're not, we don't have what other people have. We don't belong in some of these crowds. Maybe those put uh, in our mind that perhaps it makes us withdraw and question every well-meant invitation and gesture, so even when sometimes people are, are genuinely trying to get us involved, perhaps we still find that too hard, and because of the years of hurt that we've had of being feeling like that we're on the outside, perhaps there's something else that, uh, that you're full of that causes you to isolate yourself. At times in my life, there have been moments when I've been full of anger, been full of bitterness, of jealousy. Um, at times I've questioned uh, God. I've questioned if he's really there. I've resented God. And uh, because of situations that I feel that perhaps he's allowed me to go through, and maybe I felt that, uh, you know, I, why why did he let me go through those? I know that he could take it away. And I found it hard in those times to understand Uh, why God did that or didn't intervene. So perhaps it's that, perhaps it's a resentment of sorts towards God um, and that he hasn't given you a life perhaps that you feel that you should have had. Eventually it can feel better to be away from those situations. And we start to accept that this is life for us. Whatever it is for you, Jesus can overcome them all. He knows what it's like to be persecuted to be abused, to be questioned. He understands rejection and isolation. And yet it says that he came to give us life and life to the full. He has promised never to leave us or forsake us. And he's also said that he will leave the crowd, he'll leave the 99 to search us out as an individual and draw us back in. God loves us so much that he wants us us as an individual and he wants us to be part of the community he wants us to be part of the church it might also be that perhaps you're listening to this message this morning and there's uh and the examples i've shared and you can perhaps recognize the, uh times where maybe you have been the one that's been putting someone else on the edge of community or maybe you've been involved in the reason why they feel like they're on the edge of community It's so easy, isn't it, to get involved in office gossip and banter uh, about the abilities of other people. Or maybe you see people on the edge, but you're reluctant to do anything about it. Or maybe you don't step in because you're concerned about how that would have an impact on your own um, uh, position in that group. Or maybe you think that if you associate with a certain person, that might ostracise you too. So you don't step in and help because you're worried about how the impact would be on your situation. Like Sam said last week, we can focus on either our great, the greatest need uh, that someone has and come across maybe cold or like we are de- making someone a project to convert. Or we can look at the practical help and not ever talk to someone about the life changing love of God and the, and the work that Jesus has done for us on the cross. If we are more on that practical side uh, of that spectrum, it can also mean that perhaps the need isn't obvious. Like I've said, it could be something that's an internal uh, voice that's sort of bringing someone down and making them feel uh, like they're on the edge of things. And, um, and and those people would be so easy to be overlooked if we, if we only look at the practical uh, side because we might not see actually an obvious need that they have. So it's so important to have um, build deep friendships that we can use to, to understand people and then we can really know where people are at. We can also feel on the edge of church. It would be so easy in this season of just meeting online to to perhaps drift away, uh, to feel more and more disconnected. It may be that you were feeling that before we started the move online when lockdown happened and and obviously we had to make these changes. And it could be that perhaps you were feeling that way before and now that's kind of been exaggerated and you are feeling even more on the edge of things. Um, And perhaps this is what's been keeping you on the outside of community uh, is actually the community that you were designed to be part of, that you had an inbuilt longing to be part of. And yet, for whatever reason, it's that community that you find so hard to be amongst. As I said earlier, we need to be those that are building deep and full relationships. We need to be able to share with others. We need to be able to speak to those around us in the church and wider community, but on a deeper level, not just a surface level. And we need to really understand um, them and to uh, understand what makes them different and what, what makes them excited and and what uh, challenges them and what provokes them, uh, so that we can help each other to feel as connected as we can. But there's always an onus on ourselves. And actually, we can, we can put the emphasis so much on other people. Um, but also, we do need to take a responsibility ourselves to continue to be involved. And like I said, join a life group, get involved in a ministry team. And there are ministry teams that are running even now while we're online. So if, if you want to be part of a community, and ministry that the church is doing, then again, contact us on the website and we'd love to tell you about the opportunities of how you can be involved and feel more part of what's happening at the moment with the church. As a practical challenge, can I encourage us to look out for people who feel on the edge of the group and welcome them in? Or if you feel on the edge, can I encourage you to speak to the leaders about it? Speak to your life group. Don't leave it too long. Don't leave it until you're too far out of the camp of the community and you feel like there's no other way than to walk away. Please speak to someone because um, it's so good to be part of the community and to be involved in in what's happening. So my final question, do you know that you need to be made clean? In order for the leper to be welcomed back into society, They needed to be declared clean again. And you can read through uh, in chapters 13 and 14 of Leviticus uh, about the procedures and the offerings that they needed to make. They needed to present themselves to the priest and offer sacrifices of gratitude and thanks to God. If anyone touched a leper, they too would have been made unclean. And in Jesus reaching out and touching the man, he became unclean. As we saw in the video with Arshad's story, there's a cure for leprosy. There is a hope of restoration. But even now, if it is not caught early enough, there can be lasting damage that is only resolved through surgery or can even become inoperable. And that's what it's like with sin. Sin spoils our life and makes us unclean in the eyes of God. There is nothing we can do to change that nothing we can do to clean ourselves up, to to be presentable again to God. We become inoperable and we become unclean in the eyes of God. We aren't able to bridge the gap between us and a life spent with him. There is no disinfectant you can wash in or drink that would restore us and make us clean again. We need a new body, a restored body. We need a saviour, someone to take the punishment that we deserve so that we can stand before God. We need someone who is perfect and spotless and blameless and clean to take our uncleanliness away. In Jesus reaching out to the leper, he made himself unclean to make the leper clean. For the leper, this was a physical healing of a condition that separated him from his community. And for us now, In Jesus reaching out, this is a spiritual healing from the sin that separates us from being able to get close to God. Jesus in touching the leper brought hope to him, hope of a new future, hope of a life spent back in the community, hope of being accepted and loved. The leper could not heal himself and we cannot do anything that bridges the gap between us and God on our own. And the great thing about this is you can know him too. This is what Jesus has done for us all. Jesus fully lived as a man. He got to understand the difficulties we face and wept when, we saw, when he saw how far man was from God. He lived amongst the community and showed there was a way to live in, uh, in the community and to resist temptation and to live in harmony with God and to share love and kindness at all times, putting his father first. He went to the cross because it was the will of the father. It is the will of the father that calls you, that wants you. It's the will of the father that wants a relationship with you. The leper called out to Jesus and said, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus is willing and he can make you clean. You can share in the victory that Jesus has won on the cross over death and sin and sickness. Jesus shed his blood so that you can walk freely with God and into God's outstretched arms. He reaches out his hand to take away your uncleanliness, to take away your loneliness and to pull you and welcome you into his community. I love the phrase Lucy used in her story, when she said, finding the true love of Christ and understanding what it meant to be a child of God absolutely saved my life. I'm gonna read that again. Finding the true love of Christ and understanding what it meant to be a child of God absolutely saved my life. And he can absolutely save your life too. Jesus went to the cross as it was the only way for man to be reconciled to God, to be restored to a place where we can be in his presence. Jesus went to the cross for you. Perhaps you're watching and you don't know Jesus as your savior. Maybe you didn't know before this morning that you needed to be made clean. You can know him today. It's never too late. You are never too far out of the community. You can never be too unclean to know God for yourself. Whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you feel that you are outside of the community, that makes you feel lonely or isolated, whatever it is, Jesus has covered it all and can restore you. If you want to find out more about what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, if you have made the decision to put your trust in Jesus this morning, then please get in contact with with us. We would love to get alongside you and to help you in your journey. Lucy found hope in Jesus. I found hope in Jesus and you can too. Let me pray. Father, I just wanna thank you for your message this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to feel part of a community. Lord, that you would help each of us to look out for those that maybe don't feel part of the community at the moment. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to find our acceptance and our love in you and in your son, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for those that maybe don't know you, Lord, I pray that you help them to come to know you this morning, to, be, to ask out, to reach out to you and say, if you will, you can make me clean. Uh, Lord, then we know that you can do that and you want to do that. So Lord, I just ask that you would instill this message in our hearts, help us to um, love you always, put you first, Lord, help us to know that we're never on our own. You haven't left us. You won't forsake us, uh, Lord. And we put our trust in you today that we can find our love and our joy and our acceptance in you. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchguilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.